All right, hey everybody, welcome to those who are guests. If you're new here, we're glad you came. If you're watching online, it's always good to have you as well. We hope you'll join us in person very soon. Uh, if you would, take a moment, share this live stream with others. Let's get more people involved in here. And if on your way out today, be sure to meet and greet somebody you haven't met before. Don't know where you stand with the Lord today. Don't know how much you know about Him. Maybe you don't know very much at all. Maybe you don't know anything at all. Maybe you know a little bit, maybe you know a whole lot, but I love getting to teach about Jesus. He's the most important person ever. He really is the center of reality, and uh, we believe in the truth, the truth of who he is and what he's done for us, and yet we live in a culture where truth is up for grabs. There, there really is no solid agreement on what truth even is. It, it, some view it as just a social construct that you subjectively get to determine for yourself. So you've got your truth, I've got my truth. I don't have to believe what you believe. You don't have to believe what I believe. Well, so Jesus gets up and he, he's a very controversial guy. And maybe what I'm going to talk about today is controversial too because it involves the idea that there really is truth. There's right and wrong and true and false and it matters what you believe. He was controversial then. He still is now. Causing a whole lot of uh, contention and confusion and division still going on today. And as you can see, there's a whole lot of debate back and forth in this passage some side with him, some side against him. Some really don't know what to think, but you certainly cannot stand in the middle of the road for very long with Jesus. You've got to decide. So if i got any classic rockers in here, you'll know the lyrics to that great Rush song, Free Will. When you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. That's right. You don't get off without making a choice. You have to. You need to hear this, because I'm going to show you how the truth can set you free. You know, nobody uh, actually lives as if the truth were subjective. We might claim it is, but not when it comes to medicine or mathematics or miniature golf or marching band. When it comes to medicine, there is an objective truth about how much dosage you should take. If you take the wrong amount, it will kill you. When it comes to math, two plus two always equals four. No debate. Miniature golf or any other sport, the players don't get to make up the rules. And when it comes to marching band, musicians don't get to play whatever notes they want. If they want to come up with a real song, there's actual notes you have to play. That's what life is supposed to be. But when it comes to moral things, that all just goes out the window. When it comes to spiritual matters, it's all up for grabs. Whatever you want to believe is fine. But when we believe untruths, when we deny reality, then we're in trouble because God has spoken about what reality is. And if you choose not to believe it, then you remain in darkness. And darkness is not a good place to be. You remain in bondage to sin, and you can't escape it. And that's why our big idea is to follow Jesus' truth, to be set free, and to live forever. It's the only way. So while Jesus is in Jerusalem, you see him at the temple there, and it says he's near the treasury, which was either its own special structure where the offerings were kept, or maybe he's just in the vicinity of where the offering boxes are. But he's speaking to this large crowd, and he claims this in verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in dark darkness, but will have the light of life. Pretty bold claim for a couple reasons. One is, he says, if you're not listening to me, then you are in the dark, which again, is not a good place to be. That's why whenever we're stumbling around in the dark, we're looking for some kind of light to guide us out of it. Because like, even from the time you're a little kid, you're scared of the dark. Why? Because you don't know what's really there. It's all in your imagination. Your, your reality is whatever you think it is. 
But when the light comes on, you see reality. So without Jesus, we are stumbling around in the dark without a real picture of what reality is. It's not a good place physically or metaphorically. It's a, it's a symbol of not only falsehood, but of sin, of wrong. And this world definitely is a dark place where we're all stumbling around, people are trying to figure out their own reality, and they come up with all these philosophies and psychologies and um, religions and, and theories to try to determine their own kind of reality, what they think it is or what they want it to be. Some even will claim to follow science, right? Like science is sacred. Follow the science. Don't question the science. But we see where that leads us, right? Science can be wrong because science is not a settled matter all the time, right? They come, on, come up with new discoveries all the time that overturns old discoveries. So when we're forced to believe science, it becomes just as religious as any other kind of dogma out there. What really is the truth? The point is, God has revealed the truth to us, and John writes in his first letter that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Wherever God is, that's where the light shines, because that's, that's where his glory is. He's the creator, he's the source of all reality. Without him, there is no objective source of truth. And if there's no truth, then we're all just making it up, and we can make reality whatever we want it to be. And who wants to live in that kind of world? I mean, if you don't have the Son of God directing you into the truth, then you're in the darkness. You're, you're being blinded. You're being led by blind guides who don't know anything more than you do because they're in the dark just like you. It's kind of like driving at night. I hope you've never played that game when you're young, you know, driving without your headlights on, see how far you can get. Pretty stupid, right? But that's life without Jesus. If you think about it, if we're just driving around in the dark, we don't know where we're going. We don't know what life's about. We got we to gotta go to where the light is, and Jesus is the light. In fact, uh, here's what the Apostle Paul calls us to do. If, if you got Jesus in you, you're also reflecting the light, right? His light is in you, shining to others. So we're called to be children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, hello, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's us, holding fast the word of life. So that's the only way we can shine light is to hold forth God's word, God's truth. There's another reason why this was a very controversial thing for Jesus to say, I am the light. It's pretty clear in the Greek but we tend to miss it in the English. When he says, I am, he is using the name of God himself. You realize that in the Greek, the words are ego, I me, I am. What that is is a translation of the Old Testament Hebrew word Yahweh or Jehovah. We don't know how it was pronounced because the Jews wouldn't pronounce it out loud and there were no vowels. What was that word Yahweh or Jehovah? It's the sacred name God revealed to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 3. Who shall I say sent me, Lord? I am sent you. I am who I am. The eternally existent one who was and is and is to come. That's me. Jesus is saying, ego I me, Yahweh, I am. He's making a claim to be God here. Not the first time, not the last time, but it was one of several I am statements. And the Pharisees discount his testimony. They make kind of a legal argument here that according to the law, you've got to have at least two witnesses to back up what you're claiming because anybody can claim to say whatever they want. Where are your witnesses? 
Well, Jesus says, well, first of all, you've got to understand your judgment is limited. Mine is not, because I am. Right? I, 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 you think you know, but you don't. I know, because God is my Father, and He is my witness. So really, the Father is my witness, He testifies, and I am my own witness. How does that count? Well, look at the, look at the supernatural miracles. Look at the scriptural prophecies fulfilled. Put it all together. Come on. Can't you see for yourself? It's true. Whether you believe it or not, it's true, which is the case it is with all of us. You go out in, in public, you go <laughs> work, school, wherever you are, you got to remember God and me make a majority. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks. If you're standing solid on the Word of God, then you're in the right. You're believing what's true, even if everybody else doesn't. Now, we're limited in our understanding, so we need to express humility in that. We're not called to judge according to the flesh. What does that mean? By the externals, right? But when we're standing on the Word of God, we're on solid ground. So they demand him, produce your witness, okay? You got your father? Where is he? Show us. <laughs> but Jesus knew they weren't being sincere because he says, well, you don't know me, so you don't know him. If you knew me, you'd know him. Still, they don't arrest him yet because his time had not yet come. Right? They, want, they want to take him down right here and now, but he's divinely protected. That'll come later. And Jesus repeats, look, where I'm going, you cannot come. What's he talking about? Heaven. I'm going to heaven. You're not going because you don't believe me. You don't follow me. You can't get into heaven without me. They don't understand. They think he's talking about suicide. But no, unless they repent and believe, they're not going to heaven. He says, you're from below, I'm from above. Heaven's above. And, and by the way, is heaven up there somewhere? Heaven's not so much a geographical location that you can travel to. It's not like when Jesus ascended into heaven that he just kept traveling for light years through the universe till he got there. We're not talking about directions, we're talking about dimensions. We're talking about the spiritual dimension of God's direct presence. So they cannot go to be there without Christ. There is a judgment day coming. There is a judge. And apart from Christ, you cannot enter into heaven. You will die in your sins. So Jesus is telling them that you don't belong to that realm. You belong to this realm here below. And the same is true of, of anybody here now. Look, if we belong to Jesus, then yes, we are, we are in this world, but we are not of it. We don't belong to this world. Heaven is our true home. So they demand, who do you think you are? Who are you really? Because they're trying to goad him into publicly admitting he's God. I mean, he's saying it, but they can't like, you know, nail him exactly on it. They want him to publicly blaspheme God so they can put the death penalty on him. Right? Capital punishment for blasphemy. But Jesus says, look, I already told you. <laughs> what more can I say? I, I tell you what I hear from my Father. You're not going to believe no matter what I say or do. But you will. Pretty soon you're going to believe because when I'm lifted up, you'll see. You'll get it. What's he talking about? Being lifted up on the cross. His death and resurrection will prove beyond a shadow of doubt that he is God. And you will see my glory. I'm not alone. My Father's with me. And I always please him, which is a great motto for us, right? What's my goal in life? To please the Father. And which is not just avoiding sin, but doing things that are actually pleasing to God. So these guys in the crowd, these Jewish leaders, they are seething over this stupendous claim that he's God. Um, many believe it, though. And so 
He says something to them that gets repeated right down to this very day by culture at large. All kinds of people who are not believers in Christ still quote him from this verse, verses 31 and 32. He says, if you abide in my word, by the way, how do you do that? By believing in him and continually obeying what he says. If you do that, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, say it, and the truth will set you free. Right? And that gets quoted out of context all the time. I mean, you see it in movies, and I, you know, that Liar Liar movie, Jim Carrey <clears throat> playing a lawyer, and he cross-examining a witness in the court and, and traps him into saying something. He says, the truth shall set you free. And it has nothing at all to do with what Jesus is talking about. What is the truth? The truth is Jesus. What Jesus teaches is the truth. Truth has a name. It's Jesus. And that truth will set you free. He will set you free from deception. He will set you free from guilt, from slavery to sin, from spiritual death, and from hell itself, rescued and delivered. And the Pharisees protest that, um, hey, we're not slaves. We've never been slaves, which was a lie, because if you know Israelite history, they had been slaves many times. Right now, they're under the domination of the Roman Empire. But still, they took some sort of special claim of, we are descendants of Abraham, the great father of our faith, as if there were some merit in just being born Jewish. We're Jewish, so we're in the right. No, that has never been the point. Uh, there has always been a real Israel and then a national Israel. Within the national ethnic Israel, there has been a true spiritual Israel. Who are they? The ones who actually practice the faith. Not just being born Jewish, but actually living out that faith. Those are the heirs of Abraham. And you guys, you Pharisees, are not acting like Abraham at all. So don't claim to be his descendants. They were rejecting the very one Abraham was looking forward to, the Messiah. So, they were slaves. Slaves to their sin, slaves to their deception, slaves to the lies. And everyone, you know, and by the way, we like to think about slavery as being something in the past. You know, slavery is going on today. There are more slaves in the world today than there has ever been. It's been a part of human history in every culture and era. Always been slaves. And right now there are tons of slaves. But everyone is a slave without Christ. We're enslaved to the flesh, to our minds, are being deceived. So here, here we, can, we can kind of be like those Jewish people and say, well, we're Americans. We, we're free. We live in a free country. No, big difference between being free externally and free internally. Only Jesus can free you. Slaves can't free themselves. He can forgive you. That's something you can never do for yourself. Now, that doesn't mean we'll never sin again. We still fall. We, keep, we, we fall, but we walk in the light. We walk in the truth and that means we're no longer treated as slaves, but as sons and daughters of God. God changes our identity. He adopts us into our, his family, so we're no longer living in the slave quarters out there. We've been brought into the house to be his children. And sons and daughters have rights. We have the rights of inheritance. And so they shoot back, well, God's our father. We're not illegitimate children which is probably a slam against Jesus. You know, they knew the story that he was supposed to be born of a virgin, but they didn't believe that. So you can, it's kind of a slur, isn't it? It's kind of like saying, yo mama, it's like you're, you're illegitimate, not us. 
And Jesus shoots right back at him. Well, your daddy's the devil. How you like that? Deal with that. You're wanting to murder me. Your daddy is a murderer. He's a liar. He's the one that tried to take down Adam and Eve, wanted them dead. He incited Cain to kill Abel. That's who you belong to. <laughs> and then he says, go ahead. You got something on me? Anybody in the crowd? Convict me of doing anything wrong? Anybody here want to stand up and try that? Say, anybody say I did anything wrong? Now, if you're sitting with your spouse, you ain't going to do that, are you? Say no. I mean, you want to find out if I'm perfect or not? Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. And you say, well, that's, that's okay. That's why Jesus was perfect, because he didn't have a wife to point out all his flaws, right? No, he, nobody could find anything wrong with Jesus. And so they, they, instead of attacking things he had done, they just attack him as a person. You know, personal attack on him. Yo mama, you're demon-possessed. They called him that a lot of times. You're a Samaritan. What's that? Those were the mixed ethnic identity Jews who had compromised their faith, watered down their faith. So they were kind of looked down on as less than, as enemies. That's who you are. And so Jesus just goes on. He goes for it, sends them over the edge. Verse 51, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. What? You think you're greater than Abraham and all the prophets? Yup. Yes, I am. Because I know the Father, you don't. I glorify Him, you don't. I keep His word, you don't. Oh, and by the way, Abraham rejoiced to see my day coming. You're just a young man. Abraham lived 2,000 years ago. What are you saying really? Jesus said to them, verse 58, Truly, truly, I say to you, here it is, before Abraham was, I am. There it is. There's that sacred name again. I am who I am, the eternally existent one who was and is and is to come. Deal with it. That's me. How do we know that he's claiming to be God? Because they pick up stones and want to kill him. They're going to inflict capital punishment on him for blasphemy right then and there. But again, it wasn't his time yet. So he just saunters away untouched, still divinely protected until the right time. You say, how in the world could those Jewish believers not believe that Jesus is the Son of God after all they'd seen and heard? Well, I'll tell you how. I, I, I held on to this story from a year ago. It happened just a year ago this time in Colorado. There was a hiker who was out on a trail by himself, got lost, had been missing for over 24 hours, and so his family uh, reported him as a missing person, a rescue team was put together to find him, and fortunately he had his cell phone on him, so the rescue team began calling him. But the hiker would not answer his phone. Why? Because he didn't recognize the number and thought it was a telemarketer. I mean, how much more 21st century can you get than that story, right? And that's where we all are. People all around us are walking around lost, and they don't even realize it. And here God is on a rescue mission to try and save them, and they're just ignoring him. He sends all of us out to go and find him. But they, they don't want to listen to us. They ignore us because they think, you know, we got something to sell them. It's a shame. You could be saved if you would just listen. People ignore their condition. They deny the reality. I'm not lost. Not me. And in this age that questions whether there is even such a thing as truth, where apparently everybody's entitled to their own truth, we need a word from the Lord. 
Jesus' teaching was, was, I'm telling you what God says, which is a pretty good definition of preaching, what preaching should be. I'm telling you what God says. You don't need a bunch of feel-good stories from me. You don't need a bunch of therapeutic self-help that will make you live a more successful life. You need a word from the Lord. Who cares what I say? What does the Lord say? We don't preach whatever's popular, whatever's trending well, whatever's polling well. We don't cave in to cowardice, fearful of the fallout from calling out what's wrong and bad. We don't teach man-made traditions. Why? Because we need the Word. We need truth. We need Jesus. And lives all around us are filled with lies. We are being lied to, I think, like never before by politicians, journalists, fact-checkers, educators, entertainers. Lies. But not much different from 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote in Romans 1, these kind of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They exchange the truth about God for a lie. And we're living in the last days ever since then when people are always arriving at knowledge but never arriving at the truth. More educated than ever, but more foolish than ever. Denying basic reality. Things that we all used to agree were true, now it's all up for grabs. Whatever you want to be true is your truth. These are the people, Paul says in 1 Timothy, are devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons. Folks, the world has lost its mind. Things have always been bad, no doubt about it, because we live in a fallen world. There's always been lies, but nearly everybody senses it's getting worse. The darkness is spreading. The lies are multiplying. Can't you feel it? it even people in the world know it ain't working. Uh, the, the lies are everywhere. Anti-God, anti-family dogma is indoctrinating our kids who are more impressionable and vulnerable to those lies. People are again denying what used to be basic truth that babies are people, that children should be innocent and not sexualized, that men are not women and women are not men, and marriage is between a husband and wife and people should be treated as individuals and not as members of, a, of an identity group. We pretty much all used to know that, but it's, all, it's been thrown out the window. We just want freedom, free to believe and do whatever we want to do. And so for them, freedom means go ahead and it's, it's, it's okay to kill babies. It's okay for, for a dude to marry another dude. It, it's okay to groom kids. That's what freedom is. That's what progress is. That's not progress, that's regress. That's doing the same thing the Greeks were doing 2,000 years ago. We're just coming full circle, coming right back to it. Thought we'd come out of all that nonsense, but we're right back in it again. Living without boundaries isn't freedom. It's misery. It's bondage. The freedom that they're seeking is freedom from God. But the only true freedom is living according to the truth. Free to be able to do what God created us to do. But the thing is, people don't want certain things to be true. They don't want the facts to be true. They just want to feel good. And facts don't often feel good. Don't let you do what you want to do. It makes them angry, which makes them more determined to double down and deny reality and defend the lies and to justify themselves. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter. You may not like it. You may not like the truth. You may not agree with it, but the truth is still the truth, whether you believe it or not. That's not light. That's darkness, and darkness leads to death. 
Look around us. Look at the despondency and the despair. Look at the depression everywhere. The overwhelming anxiety. Suicides are up. Drugs are proliferating. Proli- I'm just going to say poisoning. Poisoning everything. And every- I mean, they're everywhere now. People are just anesthetizing themselves by drinking themselves to sleep or smoking themselves into a stupor or just uh, escaping reality by binge-watching Netflix or scrolling through social media, which just makes them more crazy, drives them into more alienation and, and isolation. But this denial of truth isn't just in the world, folks. We can't just point out to the world and say, well, they've lost their minds. Oh, no, it's happening in the church, too. I mean, just this week, I po- posted online on Facebook. Again, I don't recommend going on Facebook except to watch my stuff. That's okay. That's all good stuff. Everything else, not so much. But I posted this newest survey. comes out every couple of years about evangelicals. You know who evangelicals are. They're supposed to be the Bible-believing followers of Christ. Well, get this. They were asked this question. Uh, does God accept the worship of all religions? What do you think? How many agreed with that of evangelicals? 56%, a majority, which denies the central tenet of our faith. It completely contradicts Jesus said, if you dishonor me, you dishonor the Father. And the only way to the Father is through me. The majority of the evangelicals deny that. Don't believe the reality. And then when they were asked whether they agree, was Jesus a great teacher but not God? 43% said yes to that. And that's up 13% from just two years ago. The church has lost its mind. It's stunning how we can deny the very core of our faith and still say, I'm a Christian. Now, I will say that some 95% still say the Bible is completely true, and yet a good percentage say, but what it teaches about sexuality doesn't, doesn't apply to me anymore. doesn't apply today. Lies. And what this means is that Christians are not even getting the truth. Either they're not reading their Bibles or they're not being taught the truth. Or they just don't care because they want to do what they want to do. What this means for us is we got our work cut out for us. But we cannot be silent. We cannot go with the flow. We've got to stand up for what's right and true and good. So what are you going to do? Will you commit yourself to reading your Bible? To being educated? To, to learning God's truth through the messages on Sundays, through groups, through classes that we're going to be starting? Because we need to have some more classes, folks. Next week, we're going to continue in John's gospel. We're going to start a new section, chapters 9 through 11. We're calling Jesus, Believe Him or Not. And I hope you're going to bring somebody with you that you will share your faith. And again, even if you can't come on Sunday morning, we've got this new Sunday night simple at 630, which is basically just the message and communion. Let people know about that. Make sure you're bringing your kids to church every week. They need it. Get your kids to shift for teens. They need it. Let people know. Because where else are they going to hear the truth these days? This world is desperately need, in need of truth, and they're not going to find it out there. We're the last best hope for where people can hear the truth. Will we speak up or will we stay silent? It's only the truth that's going to set people free. Free of guilt, free of the fear of death, free from the lies and deceptions, free from the entanglements of the flesh and the enslavement of the mind. So follow Jesus' truth to be set free and live forever. Know it, 
Understand it, accept it, obey it, because if you keep his word, you will never see death. That's what he promised. And if anybody's on the fence about Jesus right now, it's time to choose. Because if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. If you choose to go to heaven, then you need to trust in Jesus today. Repent of your sins. Be baptized into Christ. If you want to go to hell, what do you got to do? Nothing. Do nothing, and it'll happen. So this is our time to respond, and if you're ready to put your trust in Jesus, reach out, let us know that's your decision. Text us, email us, come up to the front in the next few moments when the music is playing, meet with some friends up here who will answer your questions, who will pray with you, help you take your next step. They'll be up here after the service is over as well. Another way to respond is if you're a believer, take communion. Each week you come in and get your cup of juice and the bread, and those remind us of what our faith is all about. That Jesus is the center and core of everything. His sacrifice is what defines reality for us. Um, if you don't know him yet, use this quiet time to reflect on that, to think and pray. But it's, guys, that's the only thing that's going to rescue us and deliver us. So let's pray together. Lord, right now we're going to take a little bit of time to pray silently, each one of us to do a heart check, see where we're at with you. Lord, I pray that you would set people free. Free them from the lies and from guilt. Forgive their sins, Lord. Deliver them, rescue. Lord, we're praying for all the folks down in Florida right now who need rescuing and delivering, and so many have still not even been recovered yet. They're, they're lost out there. And in so many ways, it's just a picture of everybody in the world and what's to come. I pray that you will send us out on a rescue mission, that we will shine the light. Because, Lord, you are the light. You are the life. You mean everything to us. You have freed us from our, our enslavement. Help us to walk, keep walking in that light, to keep reading your word and sharing that truth with others, Lord. Because we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can feel free if you'd like to come down to the front.